Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about our mini topic this week, romantic films? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. This week we're going to do a little different of a, a thing that we normally do. Instead of talking about a movie, we're going to talk about just a mini topic. We've just kind of been burned out lately due to the virus and everything. So we wanted to bring you guys content, but also not stress ourselves out at the moment. So, hi. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are yeah, you this will be fun. Today? I think I'm doing good. I think this will be fun. I... I'm a sort of a sucker for romantic comedies. I know that they're cheesy, but I really enjoy them. So I think this will be fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, I did not write down like all romantic comedies, though. I wrote down just romance. A lot of romance. Yeah. (laughs) No, I was thinking there's some, the lines get blurred some of the time. Like sometimes there's like, oh, romantic dramas, but they all have like elements of levity in them, you know? So. I had that a similar thing where I was I was like, oh, it's a romantic movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep, same here. But you wanted to talk about some recommendations that we have? Yeah, let's start with some recommendations while people right. are locked up. Actually, the lockups are starting to come to an end, but for the moment. <laughs> yeah. While Hopefully people are it still being safe. Get worse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. everybody should still stay home for a while. Yeah. Ease into it. But stay safe. Yeah, so so I watched recently uh a Netflix original series called Unorthodox and it is amazing. I can't recommend it enough. It's powerful and it's dramatic. It's a beautiful story. It's sad. It's liberating there's a lot of themes in it that I wasn't expecting a couple themes that I really was surprised by and that really kind of hit me kind of hard and uh it's it's awesome I highly recommend it it's about um an orthodox Jewish woman who escapes her society in in New York and escapes to Europe and there's such a tight-knit, close society. She had to do it sort of in secret, and then they came looking for her, and it's just about her finding freedom, basically. It's it's based on a true story, and it's I recommend it. It's four episodes, I think. It's not like a docu-series. It's like a... Uh... No, it's a fictionalized... It's like okay, a, okay. a fictionalized account of, of her book. So I don't know okay, how much is true and how much is made for the show but it seems pretty see it's pretty intense it's yeah. really good yeah I yeah. think it's on my list um but I I feel like I need to be in a certain mood to watch it you know like it looks really serious and I gotta be like in that right mind space because if I'm like mind space because if I'm not I'm gonna be like I can't handle this right now you know what I mean so, mm-hmm. but it looks interesting for sure. I will keep it on my list and eventually check it out. <laughs> yeah, I recommend it. And I told Mike about it and he started watching it and he really liked it as well. And we both talked about how 
it stays with you for a while. Like, you think about it after it's over for a while. Maybe I'll so, watch it. And I still soon. think about it sometimes. It's it's excellent. It's, I, the only, my only, my only criticism of it is I wish that it was, like, two ep- two more episodes, you know, I would have liked a little bit more. It was so good. So it's, like, not even a criticism. You're like, it's so good, give me more. Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, that's a good criticism to have. I mean... You know, you could be like, it could have been two episodes shorter, but, you know, I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It could be the opposite. So, mine's kind of in the same vein um, as far as it being, like, a Survivor's, um, like, a show based on a Survivor's account. <clears throat> so, the show's called Waco. And it's about the Branch Davidians, like, that, that, like, it was, like, a 50-day, like, standoff with the police or, like, the SWAT or whatever um, in Waco, Texas. And... Oh, yeah. It's good. Um, Taylor Kitsch is in it, and he plays David Koresh, and he did a really good job at that role. I was, like... I knew he was, like, a good, like, a talented actor, but I guess I didn't realize, that, like, how, um, I guess how talented he was, like, playing a cult leader, you know? I, I didn't know if he was, like, able to, like, extend to that level. Um, but the thing is that I guess my my biggest issue with that one is that there wasn't so much shown about, like, what made this guy's such a monster other than the, I mean, they did show, um, they talked about like him marrying a, a girl who's like 14. So obviously, I oh, mean, geez. yeah, I mean, he wasn't like a good guy, but I felt like they didn't really go into, I guess, I guess I wish there had been like a show of more loyalty from the followers. You know what I mean? Just so you're like, oh, these people will, like, follow this guy to their death, and they actually, like, literally do. So it's, it, you just you just don't see that. You're kind of like, why don't they just leave, you know? And Oh, I see. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, if you can look past that, it's it's good. It's well acted. Uh, Michael Shannon's in it, so he's always awesome. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Bear, what are you doing? You're just trying to throw stuff off my table. What are you doing? Oh, he's pissed. He needs attention. <laughs> he just bit me. <laughs> oh, fucker. Just bit me. <laughs> um, <laughs> he tried to. He didn't quite get there, but he was like, I'm going to numb you. And I'm like, don't. Uh-uh. No touching. Um, he's cute, though. Lauren's father is visiting. And, <laughs> My uh, father, Bear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just needs attention while we're recording. <laughs> Legal name, so. yep. Legal name, birth name, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he needs attention while we're recording. That's why he almost bit me. Uh, no, there's my cat, and he's awesome. He's a cute little, cute little angel, or a little devil, I guess, depending on the day. <laughs> okay, so I do have actually another uh, recommendation that oh. Jeffrey Epstein. Um, docuseries on Netflix is very good and very dark and it's um it's nice to see like his victims like able to come forward and talk to like talk about like what they went through you know 
but yeah. man, I mean, I just don't think that he killed himself. I think the evidence is too, is too, like, it, I just don't. I, I don't think he did. I think that with the hyoid bone broken, that he had likely been killed because you can't die from hanging your, your uh, no 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 you can die from hanging yourself obviously <laughs> like, you <can't. laughs> I know how all of these people just hanging just hanging for long periods of time waiting for someone to come cut them down <laughs> no like they're like no no don't don't this is good for my back <laughs> it's yeah it's like a chiropractic adjustment <laughs> uh, what I meant to say was that. You cannot have your hyoid bone broken when you're hanging. It's it's from pressure, like strangling. So Oh, I see. Yeah, and his was fractured. So I'm just saying that's incredibly suspicious. And he had a lot of a lot of, you know, blackmail and a lot of different people. So I don't know. That's my that's my conclusion to the story. Is that <laughs> it was murder. Murder most foul. <laughs> Jeez. You're, you're a pretty good inspector. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's it's pretty likely. I mean he could have pointed fingers at a lot of rich, powerful people who oh, probably yeah would do a lot to keep their names out of association with him in that way. So, yeah, yep. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm ready to talk about our topic, if you are. Oh, I am. All right. So, what is on your list? Well, I wrote down one of my favorite, like I said earlier, I love romantic comedies. Even if they're corny, I can usually find something that I like about them. Um, you know, I mean, I admit that like, romantic comedies specifically are usually over the top. And most of the time they're slightly ridiculous and a little bit unbelievable. But I still really like them because usually they're kind of like colorful and happy. And it's a love story. I like a good love story. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a love story. And... So I mainly wrote down romantic comedies when I got to my final list, but one of the ones that I love the most is Roman Holiday. Oh my god, I wrote that Audrey down Hepburn. twice on mine. No joke. Really? It's literally on mine twice. <laughs> you liked it so much. You liked it so much. It's, a, uh, yeah. it's such a good movie. It's so good. And it's pretty modern. I think there's an issue with like older movies tend to feel dated and this one doesn't. This one's very, it's a very pretty story. It's sad and it's fun and it's happy and it's a great love story. It's super bittersweet. Like, yes, her, yes. you know, saying goodbye at the end to him. Like, you know that she has to because she uh, has her own thing to deal with. And, but, you know, there's yeah. like this moment between them where you're like, no, don't go. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, no. Like, can't, can't you work it out somehow? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And she says at the end, at the end, she says, there are no words. I don't have any words. And, like, no sentiment can ever be expressed so beautifully, I think. Like, so honestly. It's, she just didn't, she didn't have any words, you know. It was so beautiful. It's so good. It's so, That's such a good yeah. movie. 
Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've talked about breakfast at Tiffany's before. That's one of my favorites. Uh, Yeah, that's a good one, too. I wrote down Ever After. Oh, Oh, I love it. I almost wrote that down. Did you? um, (laughs) But I thought, yeah, and the only reason I didn't write it down is because I'm like, it's kind of dramatic, but I think it fits. It totally fits. It's It's so good. It's such a good movie. It's awesome. I've seen that movie many, many, many times. Oh, me too. I actually accidentally bought it twice. (laughs) So... I was, like, going through my DVDs, and I'm like, shit, I have Ever After twice. I was like, because what happened is I lost it, and I had no idea where it went. And so I bought one, and then I forgot that I bought one, and then I bought another one. So, you know, um, because I was like, oh, shit. you got to have multiples. (laughs) It was, like, a really good deal. It was, like, five bucks. I was like, shit, I don't even have this movie. And then I got home, and I was like, shit, I have this movie. So... Actually, um, in in regards to Ever After, I think Drew Barrymore might be, like, queen of the romantic movies because I wrote down The Wedding Singer and Never Been Kissed, which are two Drew Barrymore movies that I also really, really love. I love her. And I love her in general. Yeah, she's awesome. She's so cool. I, I like her movies, and she seems like she's pretty fun in person. I saw a clip of her. I saw a clip of her on Johnny Carson when she was... I think it was just after E.T. came out, so she was very little, and she was so precocious, and it was really cute, because he said, so, do you want to talk about the movie? And she said, why not? (laughs) It was just so cute, and even he was sort of speechless and sort of enamored with her. It was was very cute. Oh, she's adorable. I love her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love Ever After. It's so good. What's one of your next ones? Um, I wrote down one that I'm not sure if a lot of people have seen, and it's called Love and Friendship. Have you ever heard of it? I think I've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Didn't you, weren't you talking about it's like with Kate Beckinsale? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very funny. It's uh, based on a Jane, it's based on a Jane Austen novel. I don't know how closely it's based, but it's very clever. And I went and saw it in the theater by myself, and I laughed out loud for a few seconds because there was a part that was just so clever. Like there was wordplay that was just so well done. And I don't know if a lot of people have seen it, but I recommend it. It's, it's very good. It's a, it's more of a comedy than a drama. Like it's kind of like Emma. Emma is more of a comedy. Oh, I love Emma. As opposed to like sense and sensibility and pride and prejudice, which have more dramatic elements. But Love and Friendship is very, it's very fun. And I I don't know if it got as much recognition as I think it deserves. I want to see that eventually. Um, do you have it? I do have it. You do? Oh, my God. Thank yes. God we live so close to each other. <laughs> I know. We could, I could blend it to you or we could watch it together sometime. Oh, all right. Sounds good to me. Um, yeah. So I put on here, um, I put on here Pretty in Pink, not because I like Pretty in Pink, but because it was such a disaster of a romantic movie. Um, (laughs) I really had a lot of issues with that movie and I didn't really actually like it because for one thing, it was like Molly Ringwald is like not that good of an actress and she was obviously very irritated by the guy who played Ducky who's 
name I cannot remember. Um, and, but also, why didn't she end up with Ducky? And she was so obsessed with getting with Andrew McCart- McCart- McCarthy? McCarthy? Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That... I don't know. It felt like it didn't. It felt like the ending. I I felt like it wasn't genuine to the story for her to end up with him. It felt very forced, and also like all of his friends were total assholes. Why would you want to spend time with someone like that? You know, what I mean, like James Spader's character was the biggest dick. Like, just ugh, what an ass. I don't know. I. I know that movie is like really popular, but I hate it. <laughs> like, I do not yeah. like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I see your point on some of it. I actually, I like the movie for the most part. Um, I think you're right about Molly Ringwald, except I don't think she's a bad actress. I just think she's a one trick pony. I think yeah. she can pretty much only play the same character. And um, I thought I heard from different sources that she was originally supposed to end up with Ducky, but Molly Ringwald herself didn't want the character to end up with him. So they changed it. And I agree with you on one part because Andrew McCarthy's friends were assholes and they would tell him things about her and he would sort of believe them. And I would think, well, surely you know her better than they do. So why are you like, why are you so weak that you, don't believe her first. You know what I mean? Right. And so I kind of agree with you on that. Like their love story was weird because I thought if he liked her, like he said he did, it seemed weird that he would so easily go take his friend's side. And I thought that was a weird aspect, but I, I kind of liked the movie. I didn't really have a major problem with the movie as a whole, but I see your point for sure. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I saw it and I was like, I'm actually going to add on to that as far as, like, movies that are very popular but I don't like. (laughs) So, I also do not like Pretty Woman. I think it's a creepy, creepy story. I don't think it's cute. I don't think it's romantic. I think it's weird. And it doesn't make me feel comfortable. Like, it's just a weird situation. Like, this guy buys a girl and then he's, like, asking her to be his date and, like, then, like, Jason Alexander's, like, hitting on her and shit, and it was super creepy, and I just, like, couldn't get on board with it. Like, I was just, I'm, like, it's not, like, a romantic movie for some guy to, like, rescue this woman from prostitution, because how is their dynamic gonna be for, like, the rest of their lives? You know what I mean? Like, is he always gonna hold it over her that he, like, rescued her from, like, you know, being a sex worker? It, it's just, to me... It's not cute, and it's weird, and it just don't like it. <laughs> so, how do you yeah, feel about it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care for Richard Gere. I find Richard Gere to be kind of, I don't know, he rubs me the wrong way, and I can't explain it. I just, there's something about him that I have never gotten on board with as an actor. So, he's your James Franco. I don't really care for him. Yeah, <laughs> your your person is James Franco. Mine is James Franco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I don't hate the movie, but I don't really care for. I guess anything that glorifies the life of like a sex worker and makes it look glamorous, I think is not good. 
because um, I think a lot of times women are forced into that lifestyle because the circumstances in their personal lives are pretty terrible. Yeah. I don't think that women just like, you know, well, I could go to NYU and get a degree or I could become a prostitute. Like, I don't think that those choices are in their lives. So I think a movie that sort of makes it look like you could be a sex worker and this could happen to you is is distasteful, um, especially since sex trafficking is so rampant. Yeah. And, um, and diseases are really rampant, so it's not really glamorous. Um, so, yeah, I guess I don't really find it super romantic, but I, <laughs> once again, like, the movie doesn't turn, like, it doesn't turn me off, but I don't think I'd ever sit and watch it nowadays. Yeah. I know I liked it when I was younger, but the idea of, like, sitting and watching Pretty Woman, I'm like, no, there's other movies that I'd rather watch. So <laughs> I don't think you're too far off base. <laughs> yeah. Um. So speaking of other terrible romantic films, there's also Maid of Honor. Have you ever seen that one? It's with Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> no, I think you asked me this the other day, yeah. and I and we, you and were like, we no. had a funny conversation because <laughs> I said, is that the one with Jennifer Lopez? And you said, no, you're thinking Made in Manhattan. So it's like very... Like, that's the one thing about romantic movies, like, their titles. But no, I've never seen Made of Honor. <laughs> well, it's really bad. It's with Michelle Monaghan yeah. and Patrick Dempsey. But one of the parts that really bothered me was um, Busy Phillips is in it, and she gets really drunk, and she goes to his hotel room, and she basically, like, tries to assault him. And it's it's done as if it's supposed to be funny. And I was like, you know, that's not funny. Like, a sexual assault is not funny, regardless of who is receiving it, who's giving it. It's not funny. Like, and, and, and that, like, totally turned me off to the rest of the film. Not, I mean, completely disregarding the ending of the film in which he, like, finds a horse or he pays someone for a horse. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it because I hated it so much. But... <laughs> And then he rides the horse. I think they're in Ireland, I want to say. So, like, kind of like in the countryside. And he, like, rides oh the horse. Yeah, I know. To this chapel, <laughs> bursts in through through the door with this horse, maybe. I don't know, whatever. Either way. And he's like, oh, my God, I love you. I'm in love with you. And I was like, you are saying this on the in the moment that she is getting married. Like, in so that wait, is moment, she like a friend of his? Yeah, she's like is his she like a friend of his? Yeah, he's like her best friend, and it was like one of those kind of like um my best friend's wedding type things where they're like, oh, uh, okay. when we turn thirty five, we'll get married, and then she's like, J.K., yeah. I fell in love, and he's like, he wasn't like obsessive to the way like that Julia Roberts was in my best friend's wedding, um because she was crazy, like she was insane in that film, but um, <laughs> but yeah, he like rode in on a horse. I don't know if it was meant to be romantic. I don't really like Patrick Dempsey. I find him a little creepy. I don't know why. I have no reason to. There's just something that, like... He's your Richard Gere. He's my Richard Gere, <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And... We're just making a web of creepy actors. <laughs> James Franco, Richard Gere. I don't, I don't mind James Franco, but... James Franco, Richard Gere. I don't Patrick know why. Dempsey, you know. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I don't like James Franco. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So I, I just my hate stomach that. sours. My stomach sours at wedding, like 
at scene, wedding scenes where somebody interrupts it and says, I love you. I think, geez, if you really love this person, couldn't you tell them like three days earlier? I know. Because you've obviously known you love them for a very long time. And so why would you do this? Why would you, why would you give a, and the ultimatum at the altar is really tacky. Yeah. And it, it just really bothers me. And I think if she loved you back, maybe she wouldn't be getting married to this guy. I uh, you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like those tropes in romantic comedies. The the last ditch effort, and then all of a sudden, and I'm assuming she runs away with him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. She, she was gonna so marry what is, Kevin the kid, and like, of course, he's like perfect, but like Kevin not the for kid. Her. Yeah, Kevin the kid. You, um, oh, I think you said Kevin the kid, like the circus clown. <laughs> like Billy the kid. <laughs> like his name is Kevin the kid. No. Am I supposed to know? Am I supposed to know who Kevin the kid is? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Mick kid. Mick kid. Okay. <laughs> um, who's like, Kevin. he's like, of course, perfect and charming, but like, not for her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she reaches see. for like a scoop of his dessert and he's like, no, don't touch my dessert. And I was like, first of all, I get that. Because if someone just assumed and, like, reached for my dessert, I'd be like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Like, this is not your dessert. Like, you can ask me for a piece, but you do not take a piece of my dessert off my plate. <laughs> you know? Like, and um, and so, like, you see, like, he's, like, the foil to, like, Patrick Dempsey. So, like, he's, like, a really nice guy, but he's, like, not the guy for her. And it's just, it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's just so bad. Yeah. You know? I find that, I just... I find that that plot line pretty unoriginal just because if two people loved each other that much, I feel like they would have told each other sooner. What kind of emotional terrorism is that to be like on the day of your wedding as you're getting married, they're like, hey, I love you. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this information? I'm literally at the altar you fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you, couldn't you have told me like, I don't know, yesterday, yeah. two days ago, three days ago, a couple months ago, ago, a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Like before I flew we were... you out to Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Before I even started dating this person that I'm getting married to now, couldn't you have told me then? Why does it have to, be? I don't think it's romantic because I don't buy that she loves him back. Unless they're just like these delusional people. I know. Who don't know their own hearts, I guess. It's like... And what a crappy situation. Like, can you imagine Kevin Kevin the kid? <laughs> Poor Kevin the kid. It's his wedding day and he's in love with her. And she's going to abandon him at the altar. I and know. that's supposed to be romantic. To, that's also like... Storylines like that also kind of bother me. Because there's never any... Well... I shouldn't say never. A lot of the time, there's not any emphasis given on the person being abandoned. Yeah. And that bothers me. Me too. And then, or there's like a very cheesy saccharine scene where the guy says, I knew I was never right for you. And I'm like, why are you dating him then? Like, why are you dating her then? Why is this all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden he's even better than you thought he was because he's letting you leave him peacefully. It's so I know. Bad. It's like... It's exasperating, honestly, because it's like, yeah. in, like in what universe, in what universe has that ever been a thing where someone is like, <laughs> by the way, I'm in love with you. Oh, hey, great wedding dress. Beautiful. You look amazing. I love you. 
have I mentioned that I love you? Do you want to run away with me? It's like, what? First of all, if this this flaky ass bitch is like running away with some guy, like, why would you want to be with her anyway? Because it what if what if someone does that to her on your wedding? Like, I, she could leave. You don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, she, she could very well be like, oh my god, um, I'm so sorry. But he's blonde, and I told myself I would date, like, a redhead and a brunette and a blonde. So, like, I have to. Like, I'm sorry. I have to get all the hair colors You're in. perfect yeah, just, for me. You're, you're perfect in every way. Except you're not blonde, so. <laughs> so, speaking of stopping someone's wedding, I also wrote down The Graduate, because that also happened mm. in The Graduate. And I also and the graduate never has... thought that was a romantic movie at all. I thought that was, like... well. I don't know. <laughs> that's another movie that's very strange and sort of like he becomes like a a gigolo, right? For the older woman, is that the right? I don't know if he's a gigolo, like, he be- maybe like a sugar baby. Okay, yeah, he becomes like her sex buddy. Yeah, for the the older woman, and then he decides he falls in love with her daughter, which. We've already discussed on previous podcasts is the sickest scenario I can ever imagine. <laughs> yeah. Sleeping yeah. with the same person, somebody in your family, especially your parents slept with. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, yeah, I agree with you. At the end, when they run away, there's kind of an ambiguous ending. Yeah. Like they don't look super happy about it. No, they don't. And I, I don't know. I saw that movie once and I was like, I get that it's a classic and I can kind of see why. I just don't think I'd ever watch it again. You know? Yeah. Same um, here. Yeah. I... I don't yeah. have the urge to, like, oh, it's a cozy Friday night. I'm going to snuggle up with a movie. I'll watch The Graduate. <laughs> it, is, it does have a soundtrack done by Simon and Garfunkel, which is kind of cool. That is but cool. But it is a heavy movie. Yeah. Um, I So I also wrote down, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called Imagine Me and You. It's with Lena Huddy and um, Piper Paravel. Oh, is that... I never saw that, but I, I think the plot line is a woman is marrying a man and then she falls in love with another woman. Yeah. Is that the storyline? Okay. So I know the movie, I've never seen it. So cute. It's so cute. Oh really? It's really cute. Yeah, like and it's it's not done in a way where you're like 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 it's done in a way where it's a woman who's questioning how she's feeling about someone. But it's never done at, like, last minute. It's, like, over the course of time, she's, like, oh, my feelings are changing. You know, like, I'm starting to, like, maybe I like women. You know, and so she starts having feelings for um, Lena Huddy, who's, like, I don't I think she's, like, a really cute occupation. Like, she's, like, a flower shop owner or something, which is adorable, in my oh, opinion. Oh, yeah, that's another good trope. It's a trope. <laughs> so super tropey. Trope. But tropey. I like it because, like, I, I would love to be successful and run the tiniest business that I can leave whenever I want and still make enough money to own a beautiful house. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I've been, so I've been watching this show called The Good Witch. Um, it's very hallmarky. It's, like, I've, like nothing really ever bad happens in this town, and, and no one on the show can act either. So, like... <laughs> like <laughs> Like, I love the matter of fact. I love, I love how you put that in with like <laughs> the, just the, the facts of the show. <laughs> it's, just, it's true. It's like, it's like, like, it's just, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not great. It's nothing special, but it's fun. It's really cute. It's like, did you ever see Halloween Town? Yes, you forced me to watch it <laughs> when we were first. 
when we were first friends, you forced me, you blackmailed me into watching it with your friend Emily. <laughs> I love that I think movie. you, like, <sighs> I think I said, oh, we have, like, all these movies, and you said, or we could watch Halloween Town, and I said, or we could watch any other movie, and you're like, I think we should watch Halloween Town, and somehow we had to watch Halloween Town. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's the same, like, vibe as that, like, it's happy, you know, like, it's like a... It's like a yeah. cheesy, happy show. But um, yeah, I was going somewhere with it. Now I can't remember where I was going with that. So, oh, you were talking about Imagine Me and You. And, um, oh, oh, uh, right, right. Okay, so everyone in the town owns, like, a little shop. And, like, you know, it's, like, a very, like, romantic, like, little place. Like, one of them places called, like, the Bistro. And then there's, like, a flower shop and, like, the main woman owns... I love those generic titles. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, and then yeah. the main woman owns a a store that is, like, kind of like, um, I don't know, like, just sells, like, knickknacks. Like, nowadays, it would probably be called, like, an apothecary, even though it's, like, not really, like, an apothecary, but that's, like, kind of the vibe of it, you know? And she is constantly giving shit away for free. And I'm like, how is she making any money? Like, ever, she's like... And she's, like, a witch, but, like, in a way that's, like, she's she doesn't have magic as much as she just has, like, a really strong sense. But I'm, like, I'm, like, how, how are you making money? I don't know. Anyway. But, like, (laughs) yeah, or something. But, no, I know. It's, like, these people are, like, they're out in the middle of the day. They're, like, oh, I just can't. I just, I just closed down for a little bit. It's, like, (laughs) yeah, they all do that. (laughs) First of all. If I was going to, like, if I had a place that I really liked and they kept closing at random times, I'd stop going there because I wouldn't be able to rely on them. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like, why yeah. why would I spend my money at a place where I go and I'm like, fuck, they're closed. Are you kidding me? Like, it's 4 p.m. <laughs> like, what is and going you on? See, you see a shop owner over at the bistro just chatting. They're like, drinking and then a the, beer. Later, <laughs> yeah. And then later the shop owner is like, oh, I'm just going to go home to my... 18th century colonial giant farmhouse that I keep in pristine condition, but I'm lonely and I need to fill all the rooms and I'm so lonely, but I have enough money to have this giant house. It's so ridiculous. I mean, that part of me loves yeah. it, but like, uh, you know, it's yeah. So I did have one that I did want to talk about, which is, sure. which is, um, Oh, wait, do you have another one? Because I just went, so. Oh, okay, yes, I do have, so I have, I really like When Harry Met Sally. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, yes, many times. It's very good. And I love the the happenstance of it. And um, somebody, before I ever saw the movie, I have this very vivid memory. I made, like, a, a single-serving friend one semester at Grand Valley, <laughs> and nice fight club she reference and I would like, <laughs> yes she and I would like eat lunch together and chit chat and we'd talk about you know movies and stuff but uh she mentioned something about there's a cut scene in When Harry Met Sally because When Harry Met Sally has these cut scenes of like couples telling how they met and there's one where the one was like I would go left out the door and she would go right out the door and they always missed each other but then one day they found each other and she told me that quote, and it stuck with me, and I thought, you know, I'd really like to see When Harry Met Sally, and then 
I watched it, and it's just such a good story. It's a really good story about how, like, that's a story, that's a good story about friends who are in love with each other, and they come to the realization that they're in love with each other, you know? And yeah. It's a good story about life, and there's that interesting tale with, like, um, Carrie Fisher and her, you know, her little love story, and I... Oh, yeah, I, I just forgot really, about I think it's that. a really good... Yeah, with the wagon wheel table. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. It's I forgot a, she was in that. I forgot that. It's a really good movie. Yeah, I it's agree. Good. That's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is Titanic. <laughs> so oh, we've talked about I Titanic. I love Titanic. Like I know a lot of people make fun of it, but I think it's a I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's well written. I think it's well done. The characters are likable. You're rooting for them. The bad guy's really fucking awful. So you're like, fuck that guy. Um, I mean, it didn't stop me from having a crush on Billy Zane, but that's my own issue. <laughs> you know, you know, when Billy Zane when when Billy Zane <laughs> overturns the breakfast table. Yeah. I thought to myself, like when I was watching it when I was a kid, I thought to myself, like, her life is gonna be terrible. Oh, terrible. Like that's a red flag. Oh. He overturns, oh. he flips it over. Yeah. He's a terrible, he's a bad heel. Oh, he's, yeah, he's yeah. terrible, he's awful. Um, but I really like Titanic, you know? I know people give a lot it's of shit about it. I think I it's, like yeah, it. it's, yeah. you know, and I think one of, to me, one of the most important parts of it is that James Cameron was so insistent on telling the story right that he actually built a submersible to go down and see the Titanic, like, one of the first people in the world to ever see the Titanic after it, you know, sunk into the ocean. Um, and I think that's really fucking fascinating. Like, he is dedicated to his craft, you know? And he is. this guy's willing to put his life in danger to go in this tiny submersible that he built with a bunch of people. And, I, I mean, yeah, it's like, I just, I think it's a great film. And... The, I think the only issue I have with it is that the soundtrack is pretty much just My Heart Will Go On, but, like, with different yeah. tempos, you know? <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, My Heart Will Go On. Oh, yeah. this is also My Heart Will Go On. See, this is called Roses Whatever, but it's My Heart Will Go On. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just like... Yeah, that's... They could have been a little bit more. And they had, like, the Enya song. My Heart Will Go On and then the Enya song. That's, like... Wait, the uh, Enya song. Book of Days or something. Yeah, you know, where she's like, bum, 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 bum. You know that uh, one? I guess <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I don't know. I probably would know it if I heard it, but I don't think I can, like, I don't, I can't, I can't think of it. <laughs> so. Yeah. You just reminded me of, you made me think of another movie. Um, yeah, it's called Book of Days. I think if you heard it, you'd go, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, probably. Um. So that's your assignment after this is done. Okay. You have to listen to <laughs> that song. I will. You'll want to do something. You'll want to do something really epic. In 90s epic, because I think that's when it really hit its stride. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> you just made me think of the movie Avatar. Oh, yeah. Because I agree with you. I think James Cameron really is um, dedicated to his craft. And Avatar is an example of a love story that I also really like, because I like the I hate you, I love you love story. Right. Like, they're like enemies but there's a spark but they don't want to admit it and there's this really beautiful scene in avatar that i i i look forward to on the two or three times i've rewatched it uh because it's so long yeah but 
So he's just, the character Jake has just learned how to fly one of those, like, creature, dinosaur flying creatures. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's, like, a montage, and then him and, um, the woman, I don't remember her name, are, like, recounting flying, and she's like, I came up to your side, and he's like, yeah, yeah, and then I came over here, and I just think that's such a, like, beautiful, real moment of, like, dialogue and connection, and it's so brief, but after the movie was over, that was what stuck with me, that little moment, and I, I think... Um, in terms of well-done love stories and the progression of a relationship, I, I like it. I like how it's done in Avatar because they're... And she's a very strong, independent woman. Yeah. And she cares for her people, and she doesn't... She's, like, they love each other in their strengths, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's really neat. I saw that movie one time. Um, but you know what stood out to me <laughs> most of all? Was the fact that they used papyrus for their, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> I know what you did. I know what you did. I, still, I still watch that SNL. I still watch that SNL sketch sometimes. If I oh just need God, a laugh, too. I'll watch it. <laughs> me too. Like, if I'm having a, if I'm feeling sad, I just watch papyrus <laughs> and it may, it still makes me laugh out loud. <laughs> Alright, do got you y'all y'all listening out there, do yourself a favor and go and YouTube, just go on YouTube and look up Papyrus SNL. It's with Ryan Gosling and it's hilarious. It's like it's so it's so on point to like like I get that. Like I get that. Like his like it, like I get why he's so upset about the fact that they use papyrus because it's just such a basic like Tax like well, I it's like, actually find myself like it's getting the font you use. <laughs> what? what were... Oh, go ahead. I actually <laughs> no. Go ahead. I'm... Like if I see an advertisement and I see like a really basic font, I get like angry. I'm like, there are a million fonts out there, sir. You could have used any other font. <laughs> like yeah, Shakira merch, hookah lounges, off-brand teas. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All Times New Roman. <laughs> like it's just yeah. you know. I love it when she's like, oh, I think they changed it. It it wasn't enough. <laughs> oh man, it's really good. It's you know one what of you the best did. one of the best modern SNL sketches, like from within the last, I don't know, ten or fifteen years, probably probably one of the funniest and oh, yeah. creative. It's so funny. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about tropes. Let's talk about tropes, girl. Okay. Okay. Tropes. 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 Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Dramatic airport declarations of love. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I got this from Cosmopolitan.com, by the way. So. Um, oh, oh you didn't think of it? No, I didn't think of it. I had to Google it. I was. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what's yours? Well, we talked about this a little while ago, but, um, there's a trope that in some romantic comedies that aren't very good, there's a best friend love story that is usually more interesting, even though the filmmakers want us to like the main stars. And I'm thinking of the movie Failure to Launch when I say that. Oh, God. Because I thought <laughs> Zoe Deschanel and Justin Bartha's story was much cuter, and I would have rather have seen a whole movie about them than anything to do with 
Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew McConaughey. Ugh. Like, who cares about their storyline? Their story is but so the movie creepy. Is almost, it's bad. It's a bet, but the movie is almost like almost worth it just for Zoe Deschanel's storyline and her yeah and Justin Bartha's story. But I wouldn't even recommend people watch it. I'm just saying the trope of like a best friend secondary storyline that actually sometimes turns out to be more interesting than the main storyline. That's bad. <laughs> like, that's bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and that one is, like, it's not good. Like, they start off their entire relationship, not Zoe Deschanel, Justin Bartha, but um, Jessica, um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew McConaughey start off their entire relationship on a lie, like, on a really shady lie. And then he, like, becomes emotionally involved, and then it's just, like, weird, and, oh, Bradley Cooper was in that, too. I forgot that he was in that. Wasn't that the one? Oh, wow, you're right. Yeah, wasn't that the one where, like, there, it was, like, these three buddies, and they were always, like, going out and, like, doing all these, like, adventures, and then, like, um, and, like, Matthew McConaughey was, like, always rejected by nature or something. You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember. I remember that he lived, that his parents wanted him to move out. And so they were, like, tasking Sarah Jessica Parker with that, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, what happened... It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, like, so, like, what happened at the end is, like, he kept getting, like, attacked by, like, animals <laughs> and, like, nature. Oh, jeez. And after <laughs> he, like, moved out, they were, like, at peace with him or something. It was, yeah. it was weird. I mean, it was a dumb movie, but... I, it was a dumb movie, but the second the secondary story made it, like, bearable yeah. while I was watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, we talked about this earlier, but females that have whimsical jobs, like flower shop yes. owners. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have only heteros, <laughs> which... <laughs> now, obviously, that's not true. Totally, because we did talk about Imagine Me and You, but that was, like, one out of, like, ten. So, just saying, there's a lot of straight people, love stories out there, and we could use some diversity up in here. Like, give me some gay people falling in love. I'd love that. You know what I mean? Like, just saying. Yeah, and I feel like, I feel like um, that's a good, another good example of movies with a secondary love story. Um, lately, any, almost any homosexual love story is usually the secondary yeah. love story in a movie, if they're going to include it at all. So, yeah, you're right. There really isn't any, like, many. There's no, there's not many where they're the main love story. Well, and, so like, a good one. also notice, like, and that this was, I wouldn't say necessarily now. I think we're becoming more aware of it now. But, like, in the early 2000s and, like, the mid, you know, 2010s and stuff like that, um, the gay best friend or the gay friend or whatever that ended up with someone it was always like it was always like a joke but also like out of convenience like it was like oh these two people who happen to be gay come together and it's like you know it doesn't really work like that like it doesn't you know like attraction yeah. is attraction but you can't just stick two people in a room and go hey you two are like in love now just because you have the same sexuality it doesn't work that way and it's like insulting, yeah. and you're like, "What the hell?" That's it's you know, but um, yeah, I know that it's. I read that and I was like, "Damn, that is so true." Only heteros and romantic comedies. 
Not cool, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's pretty one-sided. Yeah, um, I think I have one other thing. If you do, you have, what I have else? one. I have, I have one. It's the beautiful main character, the beautiful, successful, personable woman who is terribly unlucky in love for <laughs> no reason other than for it to be a plot point. Like they're like two. They're like perfect. Like they're like the perfect human being. They're like. No, I don't, I don't fart or poop. I don't even sleep, really. Like, I just look like this all the time. And you're like... Well, they're just, like, they're like super pretty and put together. They own their... <laughs> a lot. They're, like, successful in business. They own their own home. Or they can at least afford to keep a roof over their head. And they're, like, clever and sassy. And But just for some reason, they just can't catch a break. Nobody wants to go out with them. Or... I just, I don't know, I, I feel like that's the premise of a lot of romantic movies. Oh, yeah. And it's it's very strange because they don't have many, any, if any, flaws. They Like, they barely have any flaws to speak of. So there's no reason why they couldn't find a lasting relationship way before this movie takes place. Well, and it's, like, boring, too, that they don't have any flaws. Because then you look at them and you're like, well, I'm not like that. Why aren't I like that? Because you're not like that because it's not real. <laughs> you know? Like, it's not Yeah. It's not realistic. But I actually have, um, as you were saying that, I was thinking about a trope that I personally really hate, and I'm sure there is a whole bunch of other women that hate it out there, too. But the trope of the girl giving up her life for the guy like in the longest ride or oh, Rachel and friends. <laughs> um, I don't know oh, why anyone yeah, would yeah. ever give up Paris for Ross or really anything for Ross, <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. So I hate Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very vocal about my hatred for Ross. I think he's a garbage human. Oh <laughs> he looks like garbage Island. <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that storyline either. Um, it's it's terrible, and it's insulting. It's like, you know, women are their own person, and they deserve to have their own lives and not have it be like, oh, I'm going to give up everything for a guy. Because it's like, wh why? Like, I don't, I mean, if, obviously, situation to situation is different, but when you've only known, like, for example, The Longest Ride, when you've only known someone for a month and you're going to give up your life for them, like, it's been a month. Why would you do that? Like, it just... Yeah. That movie has a lot of issues, and if anyone wants to hear us really get into it, you should listen to our episode on you The Longest Ride, because that should. is a <laughs> terrible example of what women should... Or men... Men shouldn't act like him, and women shouldn't act like her. Yep. The main characters. That's a good... Actually, that movie's a good example of a movie where the secondary love story was actually quite good. Oh, my God, yes. the main love story was garbage. Yes, the so, secondary yeah, love story. So, yeah, I agree with you. Like, yeah. And uh, anyone that makes one of them, for seemingly no reason, have to give up their life's work or something is suspect. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Um, you kind of also mentioned it, but the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I feel like kind of falls in the same category that you just mentioned of, like, the perfect woman. Like, 
the manic oh yeah, yeah. like the manic pixie dream girls like like uh, did you ever see gone girl or read the book no okay i haven't she talks about um the cool girl the cool girl is always like likes the sport she likes pizza she never gains a pound like she likes blowjobs like she like it's always like like she's everything that like she's like the male fantasy and she's like and that's She's just basically talks about like her acting that way is how she attracted her husband, um, but that the manic pixie dream girl like reminds me of that because it's like a pedestal that's it's an impossible standard to maintain. Like, sure you can fake it for a couple weeks. I mean, yeah, but like the reality of it is is that eventually something's gonna happen in your life and you're gonna break down or whatever, and you're gonna show that you're a human being. Like, why would I want to watch a movie about a manic pixie dream girl? You know? Yeah, a lot of those characters are in uh, movies with male protagonists where they're lusting or crushing, rather, on a female. And the female is usually that type of character. Like, like in Can't Hardly Wait, almost, in Preston's eyes, Amanda is sort of that type of character. But not quite. But, like, in, like, 500 Days of Summer... The character of Summer is most definitely one of those uh, characters. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, that character comes into play a lot when the when we're watching it from the perspective of a male. Mm-hmm. Especially, um, it's funny because I thought of Can't Hardly Wait too. Um, it's <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird trope. It's I don't like it. I, I wish they'd do away with it. It's kind of insulting. It's just like, I don't know, you know? Like, all right. <laughs> like, it's just, it just makes me tired. That's all. Well, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it speaks to a deeper societal issue where, like, women are supposed to be cutesy all the time. Yeah. And, like, s- sassy and sexy and down to earth, but also pouty when the need comes, you know? Yeah. Like, one woman doesn't usually have every single attribute of these characters. It's like, um, it's like, it's a fallacy, you know? It's fake. It's just, it's a dream. It's nothing but a dream, and it's unrealistic, and it's weird, and it's also, like, it's just kind of creepy to, like, put a woman in a place like that where she feels obligated to maintain this perfect, like, person all the time, you know? Um, so, yeah. Anyway, those are all my tropes. Yeah, those are good. I like those. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> much for a mini topic, though. It's almost been an hour. <laughs> So. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, so you guys can follow us on Instagram at Watchers and Movies. We're also on Facebook at Watchers and Movies. Uh, we, I have, there's an email address if you'd like to send us a movie that uh, you would like us to watch. It's watchersandmovies at gmail.com. Um, we like to thank Mike for our theme music, and his Twitter handle is. Yes, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show Forty Two. His name is Mike Myers. Yep. And yeah, thanks, Mike. You know, we're on Google Play, we are on SoundCloud, um, Spotify, iTunes. Guys, give us five stars on iTunes because that's how we get out there. So, it's all if you like us, like it takes two seconds, that's all it takes. And we'd love you guys to help us out because we love you. So, you know, 
just share the love. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway. Pay it back. Pay it back. Yep. Pay it forward. But not with Kevin's face because it sucks. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye.